play a song for me. Everything that 
this morning minister to us and make us to understand that you alone are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I want to introduce a topic to us um, or more or less be chatting with us. Not really preaching um, or just be sharing some scriptures with us and um, if the spirit of the Lord that leads me will pray for certain things and certain people. Um, but I mean the Lord just ministered to me something and it relates to us, all of us, myself inclusive, about how we can mess things up. We can mess our lives up when he's not God. I was, I was, I mean, struggling in myself not to get agitated by all the errors that were going on. Okay. Um, already, the place is hot. Um, I don't like heat, but for the first time, sweat is literally running down my body. And I'm asking, I mean, what is all this? And then uh, some of you two are looking at me as if you are wondering what at all are we even doing in church. You didn't say that, but that's what you are thinking in your heart. At least that the Holy Spirit of God just ministered to me. And that is exactly a total description of our lives without God. So this morning I'll be introducing the topic. I will not preach on it. I may just highlight a few things and then we'll spend some time to pray. what I call the God life. The God life. Such a funny topic, but okay. The God life. Introduction. <laughs> but before we move into that, I want to share a few things with us about the quiz. We had 253 of us in church last week. And uh, only 142 wrote the quiz. That's just about half of those of us who were in church wrote the quiz. And then wrote their names on the sheets. Some of you chose not to write your names because you didn't want anybody to see your sheet. As many as 72 of us did not write our names on uh, the quiz papers. And as many as 18 members of the purity class were absent. I have a special case with the purity class. I'll announce it when you don't expect it and we'll do some things. Okay. So get ready for it. The highest score came from Rima Asante. Is she here? Rima. Rima Asante. She's in SHS 1. I don't know whether they've got, she's going to school, I guess. And the highest score from the purity class came from Elsie Achin. What's Elsie? Elsie, please come up. We have a little present for you. So I'll call on the auntie lady to come and present a token reward. You see, that's how to be in heaven, though. This is a box that contains a couple of uh, goodies. 
So, shall you please present it to Elsie? And congratulations, Elsie. I remember, is it last year or last two years? I preached a message and I said that when we get to heaven, eh, there'll be award ceremonies like this. And some of us, all we'll be doing, we'll be clapping for people. When they are receiving the awards, then we shall be clapping. I pray that when you get to heaven, you receive awards. But the score, the scores of those who even wrote their names was not pleasant at all. In fact, the average score for the entire church was 21%. Average score. And this is the breakdown of the scores. Most of us got less than the 30%. All right. But in all this, I mean, God has showed me some things, and we are going to run church this year. It's going to be very different from the way we've run church all these years. Surprisingly, the purity class did worse than the rest of the church. Agreeably, the rest of the church has gone through this orientation several times, so it's supposed to be your lifestyle, it's supposed to be. But for the purity class, you were preparing for a quiz. I didn't expect anybody in the preaching class to get less than 50%. But well, that's what the results show. Okay. Genesis chapter 1. And this is our central scripture for this year of the God year. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is a very simple but very complicated scripture. It's so simple that those of us who, are in, who grew up in church, our parents were Christians, they brought us to church, we went to Sunday school, we grew up in Sunday school, we've been in teen chapel for some time. We take things for granted that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I bet us if it will take time to understand the dimensions of this verse, our lives will change. I am a science bias person. I'm sure many of you know. I'm an electrical engineer. And scientists have always you know, contended with the issue of the beginning. How did the beginning come? If we say God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, before the beginning, where was God? Where was he when he created the heavens and the earth? If we say that God created all things, where was God? For the scientific mind and for the ordinary human mind is very difficult difficult to comprehend the fact that God lives outside of time. It's very difficult to get into a coconut head that time does not determine God. In fact, the more you think about it, if you're you're not careful, you can become crazy. If you refuse to believe what the scripture says, 
that in the beginning God created, if you believe to accept that fact, and that is the problem, is all kinds of theories to show what happened in the beginning, how life came to be. So we have all kinds of theories that have been proposed. Some of them you know, have been rebanked and new ones are being proposed and every day they are proposing new theories. And now some of the theories that are being propounded is that you know, the, the universe is not even completed. It is still being created. It is still expanding. It is still growing. And that is, appears to be in contradiction with the word of God that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I pray that God will open our minds to believe what the Bible says. That in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the verse 2 is a more confusing verse for theologians. If a theologians cannot or do not agree, and I don't expect that they will ever agree on what verse 2 means. That the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The first part of this verse. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the deep. Now, Scripture says in verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And we know that everything God creates is beautiful. God creates in perfection. Everything that God creates is awesome. It's, it's majestic. So how come in verse 2 the scripture is saying that when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And this is a serious subject for serious theologians. And oftentimes, even us that are not theologians, we get confused by this verse and we, we, decide, we decide not to look into it at all. During the God Summit, Dr. Otterbill explained this verse and he clearly stated that theologians are not agreed on the interpretation of this verse. There are several interpretations. One of the interpretations and one of the things that results in these differences in the interpretations is what happens in the subsequent verses when God created the, the, the things that he created on the earth. When God spoke and things were created. Now, if God creates... One, 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 one school of thought is if God creates everything in perfection, why was the earth formless and why was it void and why was it dark so some school of thought is that something must have happened between verse 1 and verse 2 that caused God's perfect creation to become earth to become formless and void and darkness spread over the face of the deep in fact when you read down the Genesis chapter 1, 2 and 3 some verses seem to make a lot more sense. When after God created man, he instructed man, replenish the earth. That word replenish means refill the earth. Which assumes that there were some things on the earth before. Even though the Bible is quite silent on it, 
something must have happened and now God did a creation of humans and said now replenish the earth, multiply and replenish the earth. Another school of thought and that's Dr. Otabo's line of thinking is that God's creation was systematic. God is an orderly and systematic God. And when he created the heavens and the earth, this is exactly the form in which it was. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the earth. Just like we have some of the planets in the universe today that are formless and no life can exist on those planets. So, after God created the earth and it was formless and dark, uh, darkness was on the face of the deep, then God spoke and then order, structure, systems were established on the earth before finally God created man. And this school of thought is of the, of the fact that in God's creation, when we read down the, 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 the Genesis chapter 1 story, the, the definition of God creating something in a day is not our calendar day where we have day and night, 24-hour day. But that's one school of thought. I believe in the first school of thought. That when God created the heavens and the earth, something must have happened. We don't have time to go into these details. We've, we've gone through this before at least two times, two years in the years past. And maybe if God permits sometime, you may summarize some of these issues again. But there are several things in the scriptures which when you, 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 you dig down into certain depths and mysteries of the creation story, which is not all told in Genesis chapter 1, but God, even, even the Genesis story, the, the, the person who wrote the book of Genesis, he wasn't there at the time of creation. So he didn't experience it. He, he received revelation and then he wrote what he wrote. God gave revelation to others like uh, Job, like Jeremiah, like Isaiah, like David, and they gave certain insights of what must have happened at creation. And in fact, when you analyze some of these scriptures, it gives reason and explanation to some of the things that scientists are still struggling to understand. All these things I'm saying is like, what is Uncle Pichu talking about? But as you are growing up, you'll be faced with these things. People will conf- confront you with these issues and you must be able to answer from the scriptures. But like I was saying, when you look at some of these scriptures, some of these scriptures clearly explain what must have happened that planned the whole world into an ice age. Something which scientists are still grappling to understand. Scientists talk about, and we read about, and we know that dinosaurs and other creatures existed before, but they don't exist today. If as scientists have been able to come out with fossils of, you know, of, of dinosaurs in certain cold parts of the world, and then they begin to now, what is the English word? They begin to now argue and critique the Bible that what the Bible says is not true. But they don't take time to study the full Bible. In fact, anybody who takes time to study the full Bible, and that's why we encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Anybody who takes time to read the entire Bible will come to the conclusion that God is God. 
there have been several scientists. I don't know why I'm digressing to do on science. There have been several scientists who set out to study the Bible to disprove the Bible. They wanted to pick up evidence from the Bible to show that the Bible is not correct and that it's not true. All such scientists without exception are, time will not permit me to give you a, a, illustrations and examples. All such scientists ended up concluding that the Bible is true and that God is God and they ended up becoming Christians. If God permits, as we go on in this series, maybe I'll share some thoughts with us. Scripture says, God said, let there be light and there was light. If there should be illumination in your life, God must speak into your life. And I pray today that the spirit of God will allow us to speak some words by the word of God into our lives to bring transformation, to bring light, to bring illumination, to bring an understanding and enlightenment that will change us. God said, let there be and there was. In the past two weeks in my quiet time, I've, I've been studying and understanding some parts of scripture that have marveled me. How God speaks to his creation. He just gives them command and they obey. And the interesting thing is that God speaks not just to living things. He speaks to living things and he speaks to non-living things and they obey his command. When God speaks the word, it comes to be and know this year 2024 as we study who God is, how God operates and how God works in our lives. May we allow ourselves for God to speak his word into our life to bring light and illumination and transformation. There are a number of things that we'll be going back to um, this morning we're talking about what vision is and what mission is and how we need to live our lives having a vision, having a plan a goal, an aim that we want to reach out in our lives in fact, if you live your life without a vision, you are living a useless life there was one somebody who taught us about leadership and then he gave an illustration about a, a, a goalless life he said he was one passing by somebody who was throwing darts on a tree. And the amazing thing was that he noticed that every dart that the guy threw, it hit the bull eye. You know what the bull eye is? That dot in the center of the, of the series of circles. So it intrigued him. So he stopped and watched this guy throwing the dart. And then he noticed that this madman who throw the dart and when the dart hits the tree he now walks to the tree and then draws the center circle around the tree convincing himself that he has hit, it, he has hit the bull's eye a lot of us that is how our lives are we live in a dreamland we all want to go to the best schools we all want to be rich in the future we all want to get a good wife but we are not learning to be a good husband we all want to, to get a good husband we are, but we are not preparing ourselves to be a good wife. 
We all want to get 10 A's. But we are not learning hard. When we go to school, we fool around. We mess around. We waste our time. We are not studying. And when the results come, now we start blaming God for not being on our side. We cannot live a goalless life. We cannot live a visionless life and expect to attain it. You'll be daydreaming. May your vision not become mere dreams. But may you take consistent steps, daily steps, to make your dreams become a reality. And that's why we encourage you to read three chapters a day. And we are going to go beyond this. I mean, reading three chapters a day, we are still in the dynasty of Christianity. Encouraging you to pray 10 minutes, 15 minutes in tongues, which many of us still struggle with. If I very soon, one of these days, we are going to stop praying in tongues in church. Let me take my time to allow that thing to sink in. I believe in praying in tongues. I pray a lot in tongues. But what I mean by we are going to stop asking you to pray in tongues in church. You know, like this morning, I said, let's pray in tongues. It is not church you do that. That is supposed to be down in your house. In your closet, when nobody sees you, you can shout, you can scream, you can be silent, you can lie on your bed, you can do anything you want. The prayer language of praying in tongues is supposed to be for the closet. But because we don't do it in the closet, we have to learn how to do it in church. Are you following me now? So if we start doing it in the closet, we don't need to do it in church. When we come to church, look, there are, there are dimensions and levels in praying in tongues. There are realms of praying in tongues. When I was a young Christian, I read an article. And by the way, I've experienced some things like that before in my life. I read an article about some Christians, some, was it Catholic or Anglican Christians in Italy? Charismatic Christians. They were praying and during a certain stage in the prayer, they all began to sing in tongues. The entire church, the entire fellowship, they just began to sing in tongues. They were singing in tongues and they were singing in parts in tongues. And it was very, very glorious. And there was a visitor that visited the fellowship. He was a choir director like Uncle Solo. And the song that they were singing in tongues was an actual song. A very, very difficult song to sing. And when the music director heard the entire fellowship singing that song, I mean, he was shocked, he was amazed because he had tried to teach his choir that song and they couldn't get it. And the way this church was singing, not a choir, but a church, they were singing this song in part and it was so glorious. He later on went to ask the leaders of the church, how did they learn this song? And they asked, what are you talking? May God open our eyes. May we get into the closet in prayer. May we build and prepare ourselves in prayer. That when we come to church, we don't need anybody to whine us. We don't need anybody to encourage us. We are already up there and we are ready for what God wants to do. One of the things that I'm struggling with myself in this service today 
is that God can I do what you have asked me to do because I don't know whether we are ready for it when we get there we'll see I pray that we are ready but if you are not ready to we'll move on please read your three chapters every day you don't need anybody to monitor you or remind you pray in tongues every day spend quality time with God enjoy God's presence enjoy receiving revelation from God every single day of your life many of you have heard that, that, that story about Uncle uh, Bethmon, some of you don't even know who Uncle Bethmon is. It's Pastor Bethmon. He's now in, a pastor in, uh, in Canada. But he shared a very interesting testimony with us. Um, I don't want to go into all the details, but he shared a testimony with us. Those days when he was in the university, I mean, he used to preach on campus when uh, going for lectures. And there was one day he was going for lectures. In fact, it wasn't lectures. Were, it was, uh, I think, a week to exams or exam week or something. And then as he was going along the, what they call the Mecca Road, uh, those of you who don't know me like here in US, you understand Maker Road, but he was going to lectures, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God asked him to sit down. So he stopped. People we were walking fast, going to lectures, and then he sat down. What is this? As he sat down, the Spirit of God didn't tell him to preach, he said, Sing. So Uncle Bethmon, on the road to lectures, sat on the floor and then began to sing. And then everybody who was passing by kept looking at him and saying, this man, it looks like there's something happening in his, his brain. Too much learning towards exam is beginning to affect him. He, he sang, ah, then after a, voice, after a while, the voice asked him to stop singing, and he stopped singing, and then he went to lectures. And as he was going, he said, ah, what kind of foolishness have I made of myself this morning? And the next week, they were writing a very difficult chemistry paper. And as the lecturer brought the... It was a multiple question paper. Brought the questions. He read through 100 questions. From question 1 to 100. He didn't see it up. He didn't, he didn't understand anything. And the whole class was confused. They all didn't understand the questions. And all of a sudden, he heard a voice. That same voice that spoke to him was going for lectures and asked him to sit down and to sing. The same voice spoke to him and said, take your pen. Question one, take A, then he take A. Question two, take C, he take C. This thing continued until question 70. Then the voice became silent. He looked at question 71, he didn't understand. So he put his pencil down and stopped. He was just waiting for the time to go. He prayed a little. Then he heard the voice again. Question 71. And he continued to question 90. After question 90, he didn't hear the voice again. And it ended. So he said that it was time. They collected the papers. The lecturer went to mark the papers. You know, some of us lecturers, I've been a lecturer before, you know, and there's a lecturer, there's some lecturers among us. Sometimes we lecturers, we can be difficult. Auntie Kriya, Sometimes it can be difficult. Eh? Some lectures can make your life miserable. They can set difficult questions and they, they don't expect anybody to pass. I remember when we were in the university, we had a lecturer who taught us maths, a maths lecturer teaching 
uh, engineers, uh, engineering maths. He wasn't teaching us engineering maths. He was teaching us abstract maths. And one day he came to give us a paper and nobody got 30%. He came to the class the next week and said that all of us have conspired to fail his paper. So this lecturer came the next time to class. As soon as he came to the class, he just kept walking up and down. Who is Uncle Beth? Who is Uncle Beth? Who is Beth Momensa? Who is Beth Momensa? And so Beth initially got a little agitated. He knew what the lecture was about. He kept pacing up and down. Who is Beth Momensa? Who is Beth Momensa? So finally, Uncle Beth stood up. He said, You made nonsense of my paper. He had 90% in that paper. And after the 90%, the next mark, I can't remember. I, I don't, this is the only part which interested me, so I can't remember what the rest of the story said. Some of us pick up on this testimony in our work with God and realize that, look, we can bring God into our academic life. Uncle Michael here is, he can bear me testimony. He's one of those. He started taking his study seriously. And there were times that let me not start Uncle Bear, Michael's story. Maybe next week or next two weeks, I'll, I'll ask him to share his own testimony first. But the point I'm making is that let's go back to the basics, the rudiments of Christianity. Some of us are in church because our fathers are in church and our mothers are in church. Let me challenge us this morning. If your father did not come to church today, if your mother did not come to church, will you be in church today? This year, we have to grow out of that notion that we are following our father's God. We are following our mother's God. God must be your God. You must know God for yourself. That means you need to read the Bible for yourself. Understand it for yourself. And as you read the Bible, take time to study the Bible. We, we, we haven't even finished reading the Bible before we study the Bible. See, you must study the Bible like how we study for B.C. and Wasi. And that's the Holy Spirit to help us. That is the way we can begin to understand the dimensions of God and the dimensions of the God life. And when we understand the Bible, we must think about it. What we call meditation ponder over what you have understood. Ponder over the revelation. Let it become real in your life so that you have your own testimony about God and not just that you hear somebody's testimony. Every day you are reading about Saul. Every day you are reading about Paul. Every day you are reading about Uncle Saul. What is your testimony? You must have your own testimony that you too share with other people that will be drawn to Christ. Dr. Otabo says you must read the word, understand the word, study the word, and speak the word, obey the word, declare it, pray the word, and share it with anybody who would make time to listen. These are the rudiments that we are going back to. Yesterday, I was in a group and we were discussing quiet time. And then when we were talking about the quiet time, somebody was describing the quiet time that uh, she had and she was talking about how in the family devotion the father led the quiet time and I said no that's the one, it's not quiet time that one is family devotion you must have your personal time with God, if you love God you must desire to spend time with him 
Just be around him and enjoy him. That is what it means to be a Christian and to enjoy being a Christian. I want to share with us five dimensions of our lives and then we'll realize that many of us live virtually in only one dimension of our life. The first one is what I refer to as living our day-to-day life. Okay. For us as students, our day-to-day life is that we wake up, we eat, we bath, we come to church because our father has asked us to come to church and then we come and sleep in church because we don't understand what is going on. It doesn't mean it. We are not interested. We are bored. What you want is you want to play video games. You want you are waiting for fried rice. Uh, you are waiting for the pizza that you asked your mommy to buy for you. You go to school and even the studies. You are not interested in the studies. You are going to school because your parents have asked you to go to school. And when it's getting to time for uh, BEC, then you realize that you haven't studied. Then now you, you now you want to study because you want to pass. And even that some of us don't want to study, we are waiting for our pop. Let the pop flow. And some of us, unfortunately, our parents also initiate the apple for us and then we get it, we learn the apple and then we go and then when the apple doesn't come, then we are in trouble. We live that kind of life. All we think about is our husbands, our wives, our children, our business, how to make money. It's fine. I mean, even Jesus was a carpenter while he lived on this earth because his father was a carpenter. It's good to live that kind of regular life because everybody has that kind of life to live. The Bible tells us that in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 that everything we do, whether we eat or we drink, we must do it to the glory of God. But the truth is that many of the things that we do, we don't do it to the glory of God. We do it because we want to do it. We want to enjoy it. And we don't even think about God when we are doing those things. Like when we come to church and they say we should sing. Because you don't feel like singing, so you will sing. Next week, we'll show you a video to show you why you must sing in church. Why it is important. It's an instruction. Whether you have a good voice or don't have a good voice, you must sing. You must learn to sing. You must learn to do everything. This church, you say everything we do, you do some. Don't sit like that in church. Sit upright. If I'm boring you, try and listen. Because to do you good. Okay? Say to do me good. Say it again. It will do me good. Okay. Let me race through this so I can have a few minutes to pray with us. And, uh, the second <laughs> the second dimension of life is that we need to grow. We need to grow in love and in power. Okay. As Christians, God wants us to understand the death of of love that he has for us. He wants us to know the depth of love that he has put in us so that we can love other people. Some of us, we only love our friends, we only love our best friends, we love our family and that's all we... Love our enemies, we don't talk about it. But God says we must love our enemies and it's difficult. It's a difficult instruction he has given us to, to do and we have to live it. We are powerful people as Christians. 
the same power that brought Christ from the dead, that same power is at work in us. And we must grow in understanding of that power that we live in the might of that power. Last week we spent some time to pray. Is it last week or last two weeks? We spent some time to pray about And this must be a regular type of prayer that we pray. That we we'll, we'll, we'll establish ourselves in the word of God in Christ. And then pray that our minds will be enlightened. That our spirit will be enlightened. That we'll know the power of God. We'll know the power of God that is at work in us. So we are supposed to grow in love and grow in power. But the truth is that most of us just continue living our everyday life. We don't think and bother about growing in love or growing in power. Some people are so fixated on the power of God and they grow looking out for the power, fasting for the power, seeking the power, manifesting the power, and they don't grow in love. So sometimes they begin to manifest the power of God, but there's no love. But the Bible says there must be a good balance. The third type of life that we need to grow in is that you must grow in character. In character. Me, I don't have patience. Me, if you, if you do me, I'll do you some. Uh, that is not the Christian life. That is not the life that Christ taught us. We must grow in the character of God. We must become more and like, more and more Christ-like with every single day. The Bible says that as we stay in his presence, we with unveiled faces behold like in a mirror, we are being transformed into the image of God from one level of glory to another level of glory. Every day we are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ if we spend time with him. And that's why it's important to spend time with God. Just sometimes just stay there. You don't know what to do, but just stay there. Just enjoy his presence. And let his presence wrap off you as you read his word, determined to obey it. And as you obey it, you see that with time, you, you look at yourself one year from now and say, Ah, I've become a better person. People will begin to tell you that you are not the same because what happened to you? And then you get the opportunity to let them know that it is the word of God that has changed me, that has transformed me. So we must grow in character. So we must continue to live our everyday lives, we must grow in the love and power of God. We must grow in character. You know, seriously, when we start going into details in this, you realize that even hearing somebody preach or talk about this is boring. Because it's not something you want to hear. True or false? I know it's true. Oh, someone said false. But I know it's true. Because if I begin to teach you right now, from the scriptures and I begin to show you from the scriptures that God wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be rich. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to have the good things of life. He, he wants you to have the blessings of life. The blessings of Abraham. They are yours. It's an inheritance. And we begin to pray. This building will shake. We'll pray with all the faith in the world. Because that is where we live. That is the life we live. If I ask us to pray for BEC right now, those of us go to write the Wasi, let's pray that every book we have read when we enter the examination room will remember everything. Come and see prayer. And we'll see faith for the older ones. When you are thinking of getting married, 
Let's pray for a good husband. A husband that is rich. A husband that loves the Lord. A husband that serves the Lord. A husband that has a lot of money. Kaya! You will see prayer in this place. May God turn your business around. May heaven speak a word on your life. And may your business turn around. You will see facilitators praying. But let's pray. That will be like Jesus Christ. When somebody slaps you, you turn the other cheek, slap this one too. You're saying, hey, that is what scripture says. That is what it means to grow in the character of God. Some of you, when we begin to talk about demons right now, some of you begin to shake. And we begin to talk about witchcraft. Some of you don't even want to hear about witchcraft. Some people even believe that witchcraft does not exist. You don't want to talk about it. But the Bible says, and Jesus said this, Behold, I tell you, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I give you power to tread over every spell of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemy hurt you. But you see some two small cats crossing your house at an order one. And then you begin to shake. Hey, mommy, mommy, me. There's a, there's a cat that looks like it's a demon. Stand there and command that cat in the name of Jesus. Wherever he came from, return to sender. Because we are not growing in power. The next two are, not, are, are more difficult to talk about. But I'll talk about them very quickly, then we'll pray. This one, when you start talking about, about it, people will begin to sleep in church. Because we think that it does not concern us. Working for the kingdom is another dimension of the kind of life that you must believe in. Jesus said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke chapter 19 from verse 10 and he spoke a parable to them talking about the kingdom and he said a certain nobleman went into a faraway country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return and he called his ten servants and said delivered ten pounds to them each and said unto them occupy till I come work till I come be busy till I come these are the words of Jesus he spoke this parable to teach us that we need to work for the kingdom. And then one day he's coming back and he will reward us for the work that he did. Let me ask us, what work are you doing for the kingdom? Everybody answer for yourself. What work are you doing for the kingdom? Do you even think about the kingdom at all? Jesus, while he was on this earth, he said, The Father works and I work. He said, Man must work while there is yet day, for night cometh when man shall work no more. Jesus said, My food is to do the will of the Father. That is my meat and my drink. 
That is what consumes me to do God's will in my life. But for most of us, we just want to live our everyday life and want God to bless us in our everyday life. When it's time for praise and worship, it's all about God, butter, my bread, sugar, my cocoa. But you, you, when it's time, God is God alone. Oh, what is that one too? There are dimensions of life as a Christian that God wants us to walk into. And the last one, soul winning and making disciples. We'll leave this one. We'll talk about it at another time. But there are five levels of life that God wants us to believe in. But we are only interested in some. Our day-to-day lives. He wants us to bless. He wants to bless us in our day-to-day life, empower us in our day-to-day life. He wants us to grow in love and in power. He wants us to grow in character continually. He wants us to work for the kingdom. And he wants us to make disciples. I pray that this year we'll think about these things. Whatever assignment we are given, we'll do it with all diligence. Even if you're not given an assignment, you'll look for an assignment in the kingdom and work. And work. The good news is that, you see, when we work for God, he will not forget you. He will always reward you. He will reward you in a way that you don't expect. But he will reward you. He will honor you. Are we ready to live the God kind of life? Are we sure we are ready? The way you are responding to Christ means that you are, you are, you are confused. Or have I over-rebuked you? I hope I haven't over-challenged you because I haven't really challenged you. This is supposed to be an introduction. I'm just introducing you to this type of life. I want to spend the next couple of uh, minutes praying until the adult church closes. And I feel burden to pray for some people. And I feel led to do something which I, I'm not used to. I don't do it. I pray that we'll respond as the Holy Spirit leads. That will benefit. Some people are crazy about what they call the the prayer show. I'm not really fanciful about those things. Have one. It's not something I bought. I've never been to Israel. I mean, but a friend went to Israel and bought this for me. And um, as I was thinking about the God life, you know, I felt the Spirit of God. I hope it's the Spirit of God. I felt the Spirit of God leading me to put this on and to pray for some people and to make some impartation to some people. But that will depend on you if you are ready. No, please take this off. This for me alone. I'm waiting and checking to see whether we are ready. 
When you're ready, I can see it from your faces. This is 2024. I want to pray for a few people. Michael Answer, please come up. Michael Answer. Where's Michael? Janelle. here or she's going to school. I want someone who is a friend of Emanuela to stand in for her. If you're a friend of, not, not Ella, not Auntie Ella. Emanuela, I think it's, it's naughty. The Kuroge, Emanuela, naughty. I want Emanuela's friend to stand in for Emanuela. Hey, when she comes, I'll tell her she doesn't have friends in Teen Chapel. Because I'm friendly. And I want all the facilitators and young adults to come forward. All the facilitators and young adults, please stand at this side. Young adults, less the the young adult helpers. Okay. I'll pray for you separately later. Okay. But all the facilitators and young adults, please stand this way. Stand in readiness to receive. Don't just stand like in a mask like that. talking, you must be praying, because I'm, I'm looking out to, to point out some people and call them, but I don't see it. Okay? So, if, if, if you believe in me as your leader and believe that God wants to do something on you on this first Sunday of the year, pray that I locate you.
Have you noticed that I've not even raised any song yet? Please come. Stand here. Stand here. I want everybody praying into 2024 that this must not just be another new year. Lord, may you speak your word into my life. Somebody please step in for Michael and Sam. Who's a friend of Michael? Hey, Michael, you two don't have friends. have a friend though but wherever you are I pray that you receive a fresh touch of God fresh understanding of God's holiness his beauty and his glory thank you Jesus Father these are your leaders In this year, what do you want to do? We pray that we will avail ourselves for you to use us. 
We learn to stay in your presence. We learn to pray in the closet. We learn to read your word. Receive fresh insights. Fresh insights and fresh grace. Stay in your word. And to lead your people. Can you please stretch your hands? Those of you. Lord bless the works of our hands may we not lack may we not think about money may you so honor us with money that our focus will be on your kingdom how to work for you how to experience your power that you, these young ones will experience of your power and your glory because of our lives in the name of Jesus, Livo Zezeveli Giando Saha, Iprado de Varapataya Delibia, put those hands on your head and pray. And stretch forth your hands towards your facilitators and pray for them. And pray for me that in this year, we will experience the glory and the might of God, who will walk by His Spirit, who will know that God is God, who will not live any kind of life. But we walk in his word. We shall read his word. We shall study his word. He will honor us and lift us up. We are experience of power. We shall experience of power. pray against every weakness in our lives. Every struggle. Help us in our weaknesses according to your word. Help us by your spirit. Help us to work strong in our spirit man. Help us to know you God. Help us oh God. Thank you, Father. For your glory, I will do anything. For your glory, I will do anything. It's about your kingdom, Lord. It's your glory, Lord. It's your glory, Lord. It's your glory, Lord. It's your glory, Lord. Madi Alosa. Please take your seats. And I want all the members of the TC uh, musicians, please come forward. If you have to leave the instruments, leave it for now. Abba, can I have the bowl now, please? So continue singing. We are ministering, and it's only the instrumentals who can stay behind the instruments. For your glory. Just to see you. 
you need to fast about this. The other church has closed. All the borders, all those going to boarding school, please come up very quickly. All those going to boarding school. All those going to boarding school, please come up very quickly. Uncle Nicholas, can you please join me? Pray for them. If you don't come in expectation, I will not lay hands on you. I mean, now open my eyes. Very quickly, please. Very quickly, very quickly. Come in expectation. We don't have much time, so we need to do this quickly. Can I have someone on the drums? Fire one yes, this year we shall work for God. 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 Take it up. Yes, we This year we shall work for God. This year we shall work for God. It's about your glory. 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 It's about us. It's your glory. It's your glory. It's your glory. It's your glory. A fresh power, a fresh power, a fresh power, a 
fresh
No excuses. Saturday, I'll meet you together with the music director at 2 p.m. All right, you may take your seats. I finish taking the corneas of Uncle Nicholas. Thank you very much. Um, Joanna and uh, Josephine, please don't be in a hurry. Kindly see Uncle David right after service. Hallelujah. Let's be on our feet as we share the grace. And please, I want to meet all intercessors um, at the prayer room right after service. 